are happy to be here this morning. We've been uh, learning a little bit more in Sunday school and other places uh, that we need to be happy as Christians. We need to get our faces opened up. And we need to get our pockets opened up. And I say that because I know that uh, we, not, we do not look for offerings from our guests, and I know we have a number of guests this morning, and we appreciate your being here. We thank you for being here. And, uh, but we do have things that we want to do at North Shore Church, and we also want to reinforce the things that are being done in missions and in other areas. do welcome you. My name is Joe. I'm an elder here at North Shore Church, and we really appreciate you being here. And you heard the interesting uh, events that took place on Friday with our pastor. And, uh, but before I pray and read the scripture, I want to express the elders' appreciation. Our Father, we really appreciate our Lord bringing Pastor Duncan to North Shore. The Lord's choice has blessed our church in numerous ways. We have been moved to honor our Lord as Duncan has revealed scripture truth each week. We as elders have grown under pastor's leadership and have been united into the knowledge of God's path for North Shore. We desire to see the truth continue to be revealed while Pastor, pastor Duncan recovers. Today, elders Brian and Andy are highlighting the word of God in pastor's absence. Brian has led the Sunday school, and Andy will be giving the message. Before we go to prayer, uh, before I lead you, I would ask that right now when I pray, you'll pray with me as a prayer from the church body uh, for pastor. Oh, Father God in heaven, we thank you that you were with the pastor uh, these days, and particularly on Friday when the event happened. Father, we know that he has been sent here by you to lift us up, to teach us, to guide us in Scripture. And Father, we praise you and thank you for bringing him to us. We ask now, Lord, that you will continue to recover his body, restore his body. And Father, we pray especially this morning we know that all of us have had different occasions when we were prescribed with medications, and we pray, Heavenly Father, that the doctors who are attending to him, Lord, will prescribe the perfect medications for him to use to recover. We praise you and thank you, Father, for bringing him to North Shore, and we pray that you'll continue to lift him up. Father God, today is the day you have made and we are blessed by the knowledge you love all of us. You gave your son Jesus Christ to suffer on the cross and be his shed blood for our salvation when we believe him. Father, we pray you will touch Pastor Duncan with your healing hand and restore him. Our Father, there are others who need healing, some who have been hospitalized, still others who faced surgery, and some who are in mourning. Father, we thank you for all the teachers and helpers who are part of our Sunday school family. We ask you, Father, to protect the men who will be together at their outing next weekend. 
Father, as a new school year has begun, we ask for your safety for all of our children and youth physically and spiritually. Dear Lord, we welcome all the new friends you have brought here to join with us, members and friends, and the Holy Spirit will guide us to know of your love. Two, we ask you will give Andy the knowledge and guide him through the message you have given him today. Father, we offer these prayers in Christ's name. Amen. Our scripture reading this morning is found in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 20. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long, live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Bond servants, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart as you would Christ, not by the way of eye service as people pleasers, but as bondservants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, rendering service with a good will as to the Lord and not to man, knowing that whatever God, uh, excuse me, whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether he is a bondservant or is free. Masters, do the same to them and stop your threatening, knowing that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven and that there is no partiality with him. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we, are, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day. And having done all to stand firm, stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplications for all the saints and also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. We thank God and praise God for his holy word. Good morning. Is this on? Yep, good, okay. Um, as you know, this is a little bit of a short notice, and there aren't any slides with the scripture on it, but I'll be preaching through the verses Joe read, Ephesians 1 through 20. So if you want to keep your Bibles open, that's, that's a good idea, I guess. Um, Thank you also, Allison, and the worship team for leading us. That was just very, very good. Um, praise the name. Um, 
I'm going to start uh, with the word of prayer. So let's pray. Dear Lord, our God, our Father, I pray for your anointing by the Holy Spirit that I will speak only the words you desire this morning and that your message would be delivered clearly to all who hear it. If I say anything that is not from you, please erase it from our memories. Amen. Uh, the message I have this morning is serving with a whole heart. Uh, this, is, this is what I felt God leading me through this scripture. Uh, it might not be the standard message you might have heard given from this scripture, but I think you'll see that it is, it is there and it is definitely something we need to hear. It is definitely something we need to work on and live out each and every day, each and every moment as we go through this life. So, in exploring our wholehearted service of God, what that will look like, how that life is able to be used by God, a wholehearted following of Christ's example. It can be used to advance His kingdom on this earth, and at that same time it will cause us to grow. The first four verses of Ephesians say this, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. As we look at these four verses, we know they are directions written to earthly families, and we also know that the earthly family is to be a model of Christ and the church. In this model, we are the children and he is the father. And in these verses, there are some responsibilities given, responsibilities given to both. To the father, he is to be disciplining and instructing us. And as we know about God, we can be entirely certain that he will be doing his part. He, he has made those promises and he will deliver on them. We will be instructed, and we will be disciplined as needed. The only variable is the honoring of him. And when I think of honoring, I think of showing respect and love. To get this done, it can't be half-hearted. You can't have one without the other. You must have both parts to show honor. Respecting someone shown without love is obedience. Obedience can be forced. Forced obedience is not attractive. It doesn't draw anyone into your company. It doesn't make anyone say, wow, look at how that person is serving the Lord or serving Bill or his father or any situation. If it's just obedience and you do it because of rules or regulations or the threat of punishment, that would never be confused for honor. Love is the other ingredient that also must be present. And with it, your obedience changes into actions that others will see and they are drawn into. They know that the person being shown these actions must have value to you. Now, as we've learned most likely through our own bad decisions, the moment you might do something dishonoring, there will be someone there to see it. <laughs> we can't back up. And it's almost always impossible to regain the ground that we've lost. 
The person who is offended is rightly hurt, and our reputation is damaged. The reason for this real-world situation could be thought of as a failure to do 100% in our actions. If we had been fully loving and respectful, there would have been no loss of reputation or honor. All of this story to give an example of what may happen when we do not give our whole heart into an interaction. Let's remember now that the focus of this discussion is a family relationship, and then that and that relationship is to show the unbelieving world the true value of our Savior Jesus Christ. In verses five through nine, bond servants, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling with a sincere heart as you would Christ, not by the way of an eye service as people pleasers, but as bondservants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, rendering service service with a good will as to the Lord and not to man, knowing that whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether he is a bondservant or is free. Masters, do the same to them, and stop your threatening, knowing that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven, and that there is no partiality with him. In these verses, we see the master and bondservant, or we would say slave, as we know it, and they are both under the same master, the one who is in heaven, and that they are both equal in his eyes. To our point today, let's expand the responsibility of the slave in verses 5 and 6. Obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart as you would Christ. We are told that they are to obey Christ with a sincere heart. There is only one way to sincerity, and that is to believe singularly in what you are doing. You cannot have conflicting thoughts or opinions in your mind about whether you are to do this or what you were told to do. To be a slave and serve your master in this way You do not have any room for your own interpretation. I would have to say your whole heart has to be in it. Am I making the point? (laughs) Just nod. You can say yes if you're tracking with me. There is a theme going here, and so far it is to be focused or single-minded in what it is that you are doing. We are not shown examples of half-engaged or partially committed persons. If we continue on through God's word this morning, I'm betting that you will see more instructions for us, and none of them are going to call us out to be partially given to any task. Verses 10 through 13. Finally, be strong in the Lord, and in the strength of his might put on the whole armor of God, that you might be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. Some very practical and direct instructions for us. Not at all vague or even hard to understand. I would have to say very important information that we need to make ever-present every day. So what do we take away from these verses? Two things. Number one, and I mean it really, really, number one, can't be stressed more. It's the number one thing that you need to know. We need to stand in God's might. 
This verse does not say, get all dressed up in your armor, hit the gym, get buffed up, you know. Go ahead and take on the devil, go for it. Not at all. Stand in the might of God. The moment we even contemplate that we are able to stand in our own power against the scenes of the devil, we're toast. It's over, it's done, he's won. It, there is no contest. The devil works, or how could we even think we could do battle with the spiritual force in our physical bodies? It's, it isn't that way. That's not how it's designed. But how often would we be doing that when we try to go into battle, go into our day, go into our conflict, go into our conversations with people who don't know the Lord and we have not prayed before that? Prayer is the focus of verse 18 in our text, and we will get there. Let's just stay with these verses here a little longer about the battle. The point is made repeatedly that we're to put on the whole armor. It is easy to see why this is important and how a half-hearted actions of a Christian are not in God's instructions. You cannot partially worship or partially witness or half-heartedly war against something. All these actions lead to a lot of wasted effort without any rewards to show for it. Let's go on with the text. And with the half-clad warrior going into battle, here comes the soldier. He is missing his helmet and his, let's say, his shoes. But he's got the rest of his armor. He's got a shield, he's got a sword, he's got a breastplate and a belt. Is this guy ready to fight? The obvious answer is no. By the time he gets to the battle, his feet are going to be cut up. And without the lack of the helmet, he's likely to suffer wounds from shrapnel and other things. He is not ready. And what's going to happen is he's actually going to cause the other soldiers some trouble. He can't keep up. They might have to tend to him. He's going to be wounded and injured. He's not going to do his part in the battle. So this soldier, although however well meaning or well-intentioned, we might say, he's going to fail because he wasn't completely ready. God wants us to be ready in these following verses. We get specific direction as to how to become ready. Verse 14. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. We are to know the truth from God's word and to be secure in our righteousness through Christ's work on the cross. Verse 15. As for shoes, you know your feet. As for shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. Know and believe in the gospel that Christ died for forgiveness of our sins. Verse 16. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith which with, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. We can depend on Jesus to forgive us of all of our sins and bring us to everlasting life. All of these flaming darts thrown by the devil, the accusations, the lies, they're all meant to cause us to doubt our salvation and Christ's good work that's been done in us. As we remember our salvation, these lies are canceled out. The lies made by the devil 
are no match for our faith in our redeeming Lord Christ Jesus. Verse 17, And take on the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, with which is the word of God. Our salvation is to be known as fixed and not able to be questioned. And the sword of the Spirit, that is our weapon and it is the word of God. This is what we are to wield in battle. Not something of our own strength or of our own cunning, the word of God. This is to be used in the Holy Spirit, as the text says. We need to know the word so that we can be ready as the Holy Spirit directs us to deliver those sword slashes and blows that the devil has no defense against. Knowing the word of God, having a sword ready to wield it, this won't happen if we don't prepare for the battle. We need to be in the word of God. We need to know his words. And with that, Let's just let that sink in a little. If we go into battle without knowing the words of Christ, we are unable to take up the battle. We might survive the devil's attacks with our shield. We might, our helmet, protect us with our knowledge and our faith. But the battle's not won. We need our sword. And God tells us how to get that sword and we know what to do because he'll tell us what to do with it when the time comes. Verse 18. Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. This is the backbone of the warfare described in these verses. As the enemy comes at us spiritually, we need to be ready there to meet his attacks. And prayer is the main weapon given to us. We are to be praying, according to these verses, at all times, with all prayer, with all perseverance, and for all saints. There isn't any room for anything but complete reliance on God at all times. The first question, when are we to pray? at all times. So basically there is not a time when prayer would not be recommended or even the preferred first action. There's nothing too small. There's nothing too large for our God. He cares about every moment of our lives. He interacts with us. He desires that relationship. All prayer is to be offered to God. What type of prayer? Well, it says all types. Pretty straightforward. All types of prayer. There isn't a type of prayer that God doesn't seek from you. Prayers of praise, thanksgiving, prayers to honor God, prayers to tell God how glorious and majestic He is, prayers to request help in your situation, prayers to request a mind to study Him, a mind to follow Him, prayers to request Him into your life. All prayers at all times. The next question might be how, or how about then, when would we stop praying? Well, in his word, the words exactly are all perseverance. So 
nope, no stopping. Never, never an option to stop. If you don't see answered prayers, keep praying. If you do see answered prayers, thank God for that in prayer and go on to the next. This is how God interacts with us. This is how we get to know God. This is how he gets to be involved himself in our lives. This is how we see answered prayer. If we don't ask it, we can't see it answered. So, all in all, a pretty exhaustive list of what to say to who and when. The final verses, 19 and 20. And also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Paul, speaking here, is asking for prayer to help him proclaim the gospel. He is imprisoned in Rome, which is when he wrote this letter. In this request, twice he asked for the ability to be bold in his proclamation of the gospel. For this discussion this morning, we again end up in a place where the subject will need to be wholehearted in their actions. To be bold as he declares the gospel may cost him his life. And that is not an action of a man who will have any second thoughts or divided allegiances within his body. As we let these truths from Scripture sink in this morning, let's talk some about how this might work day in and day out. How would a wholehearted approach to life be observed? First, we would need to be sure of where our heart is in this mix. As we all know, the head may tell us something, but almost certainly we will end up where our heart leads us. So as followers of Christ, our heart needs to be focused on him. Just a few verses earlier in Ephesians 5, verses 17 through 20, we have some direct instructions. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Understanding the will of the Lord can be understood as knowing God's guidelines revealed for us in his word in the Bible. This task will take us a lifetime, and it will require a good deal of dedication and study. It means we need to know our Bible. This will take part of effort on our part. And if we do not set our heart fully on this effort, we will not follow through. Our heart's desire needs to be knowing God's word. Our mind can tell us we should know God's word. Our mind can tell us, I'm a Christian. I go to church every Sunday. I want to follow God. God's followers... They read the Bible, so I'm going to read the Bible. I hope I'm getting through that that's self-driven focus from our mind. That's my impression of what a Christian is, my impression of what a church is, or church following a church, or being part of a church. That's religion. And it stems from what I do. It stems from my mind and what I think. And 
as I said earlier, your mind can drive you to do something. But the motivator in your life is your heart. When we receive Christ, He doesn't come into our mind. He comes into our heart. The center of our being, the thing that drives us to do what we do each and every day. So we need to be seeking this from our heart. So the good news, actually really great news for a believer, is that the indwelling Holy Spirit will cause us to desire this very thing. The Holy Spirit drives us to God's Word, drives us to know the Word and to live the Word. The Holy Spirit pulls the Word out in the battle, uses that as their sword. It is all about the Word. It is one of the miraculous ways that God planned for us, humans, to live here on this earth. This next statement is a warning. In in the statement, there is a warning to, to not be given over to alcohol, which clouds our judgment and leads us to sin. But to fill our, our minds with the Spirit which draws us to love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness. These are the fruits of the Spirit. A person filled with the Spirit then has an overflow of joyful praise, which re- results in the way we interact with each other, sharing in worship and praise through song thanking God for all that we have. Lastly, the section ends with instructions to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ, possibly one of the hardest instructions to follow and only truly evident in a believer who has placed their whole heart with Christ and given up on their own need to be first. The sacrifice of serving others as Christ exampled in his life and death has taken hold fully in the believer's heart that is able to submit to others. As you go through each day with your family and at work, serving at church or elsewhere, basically anywhere, anytime, a half-hearted effort will not do. If you find that you are having trouble giving all of yourself to a task that I have talked about, then some heart surgery may be needed. First thing needed is a honest conversation and conversion of your heart of stone to a heart of flesh. And the only way is by accepting Christ Jesus as your Lord and Savior for the forgiveness of your sins. If that's where you find yourself this morning, there will be elders at the front of the service, after the service, who would love to talk to you about this and the most important step in your life. If you have already accepted Christ and you have received a heart of flesh, you may have pushed him from this place and put in your own desires, placed them back in charge. Prayer and possibly confession may be the remedy for you. You may have allowed bitterness and unforgiveness into your heart. These will quench the work and the leadings of the Holy Spirit in your life. A vibrant and active relationship with God is his desire for all of his children. He is a holy and majestic God, all-powerful, and all full of love for each of us. He desires that personal relationship with us, but he also will not force himself on us. We must choose to follow his leading each day. 
But he is known as faithful and true. And he does not go back on his promises. If you cannot worship wholeheartedly or find that you are in some way distant from him, I can guarantee you he has not moved. Your heart has been divided, and at least a part of it is serving another God, an idol of your own making. We cannot serve two masters. God demands our full devotion to him. Matthew 22, verses 37 and 38 are Jesus' words when asked what the greatest commandment is. He answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. In Jesus' own words, there is no room for anything half-attempted. Brothers and sisters, please hear these words this morning. A believer's whose heart is fully focused on God, makes a wonderful impression in this world. People are drawn to them as they reflect the glory of God in all that they do each day, small things and large. Just being near them makes your day better, and in turn you are encouraged to do, others, to do for others and not for yourself. The love of Christ is shown to others and planted in their lives. This is how the gospel, the good news, travels. This is how people come to Christ. This is how we can witness to others each and every day. Trust me on this. As this world becomes more and more selfish, as it is, the selfless acts of a Christian will stand out as a spotlight on a dark night. But to live this way each and every day, to withstand the attacks of the devil, and to push back our own self-centered, flesh-driven desires, we need to be 100% committed to God. The full armor needs to be donned each day. Prayer and study of God's word. Fellowship with other Christians that will build up and sharpen each believer. Not being afraid to submit to each other and also willing to correct each other in love when needed. These are all needed to live this Christian life. None can be neglected or we will end up one half clad in armor and running into the battle only to be defeated. God does not wish for any of us to be defeated, and his desire is for a vibrant church, equipping his followers to grow in love for him and spreading the good news. Amen. Let me pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for your Holy Spirit dwelling within my heart. Thank you for this message this morning that you've given me to deliver that it will be as convicting to me as it might be for others in this church. God, help us to serve you 100%, wholeheartedly, with no selfish ambitions, sacrificially as you did, as you died on the cross for us. God, we thank you for these things. And we ask all this in your son Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to have-